Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp, Fightful.com. It's the Wednesday Night War podcast for December 4th, 2019. If you're watching live on YouTube.com slash Fightful, which you should be subscribed to if you're not already, send a super chat. Any amount, get your question or statement read live on the air. So uh, feel free to, to let it fly, my friends. But hey, maybe you want a bunch of questions answered. Well, you're in luck. We have FightfulSelect.com, our premium service. I am posting my Q&A show tomorrow with over 120 questions answered, about an hour long of a Q&A format. We do those all the time over at Fightful Select, which we will tell you more about later. Leave a thumbs up, subscribe, all that neat stuff. Let the people know you're watching on social media. Uh, I want to go ahead and get Alex's intro out of the way before his sweater catches on fire. Alex, how are you? I'm doing very well. As you know, it is the season, and it would not be uh, the holiday season at Fightful if I didn't yeah, look Just like make an sure idiot. you sign the fucking waiver, okay? Uh, <laughs> Warren Hayes is also here. Warren, how you doing? Uh, I'm very well. I'm wearing uh, my, my, uh, my fireproof gear tonight, so no risk of me combusting on air. Uh, I'm the responsible one in the team. Speaking of responsible one on the team, I have no clue which of you which watch show. Uh, uh, Warren, what was your show of assignment this evening? Hey, EW. Hear from you in about a half an hour. Alex, yeah. how's it going? Good. <laughs> One <laughs> word, who won tonight? NXT. Warren, how about you? Mm. NXT. 
Damn, well, I can't even split the vote. We had people, all you people, uh, that commented to me on Twitter because I mentioned the disparity in the demographics. The the younger demographic is definitely in AEW's favor based on the viewership numbers that we see. And I, I mentioned, hey, you know, the last Wednesday is kind of a big party night here in the States, and that demographic usually steps out. People were like, oh my God, you're in the can for AEW. And I was like... Man, I wish somebody would have told me this when NXT won our best show poll every single week so far except for one. Damn. Where's my $50,000, Cody? Where's my truck? Where's my watch? Where's my Louis Vuitton shoes? Damn, MJF's got to get his dad to send me some paleo bagels or something. What the hell? And here we are, starting with NXT, because I also thought the show was better, but not by a whole lot. I will say this, AEW rebounded big from last week's absolute turd laying of a show that they uncorked. So uh, a lot of good wrestling tonight. Let's go ahead and get into it. Killian Dunn versus Pete Dane, or (laughs) son of a bitch. You know what? At this point, at this point, it might as well be. These two are so ingrained with one another, and I am so over it, Alex. Good matches, sure, but Killian Dane's starting to get the Albert treatment from the crowd. Well, yeah, but that's just uh, that's that's a that's a thing. It's always going to be there. Um, I don't love it. I what I did I did like is that they didn't say, well, we're just going to put this thing off. Killian Dane, Damian Priest can't have the match because Damian Priest is hurt. Um, so Killian Dane says, well, I'm going to fight somebody. I I demand somebody come down to the ring and fight me. And I'm pretty sure Pete Pete Dunn has his very own bat signal. It automatically goes (laughs) off when an Irishman gets in the ring and demands somebody come fight him. Like Pete Dunn's like, okay, well, I'm doing it. So it's it's like, of course, these three are married to one another at this point. Like they they can't do one without the other. Like it's it's just the nature of this. Killian Dane ends up beating Pete Dunn via pinfall. Still waiting to see that that bit of personality emerge from Pete Dunne that I have not seen yet. And like I said, Killian Dane getting those shave your back chants. Uh, you got to watch out because they'll do that to you in WWE. They'll literally have you getting your back shaved in a skit on Raw. But yep. th- this this was a fine match. It's what you would expect out of these guys. Well, these, these guys are, are great. I mean, yes, they, they've wrestled each other maybe at this point too many times. Mm-hmm. Uh, over the past couple of months, uh, but I I did love the finish. The finish was different. That's a cool way of like. I mean, Dunn had the guy in a sleeper hold and he just like fell backwards and landed on him. You know, like both guys get protected at that point. Uh, Dunn wasn't even supposed to be in this match, so him winning didn't wouldn't make sense because I think they want to continue this Priest versus Dane thing when Priest is healthy. So I think this works out for everybody. Dunn doesn't look. Uh, like a chump uh, in, in taking the loss, but Dane does manage to take the win and then continue on some winning streaks so that he can, you know, maybe put over a priest in this feud. I like to name moves that don't have names. We're going to call that the Bam Bam Bomb in honor of uh, Bam Bam Bigelow doing that to yes. Taz. So uh, Killian Dane ends up getting the win. And like you said, I'm completely fine with that. Dakota Kai interviewed ahead of her match against Rhea Ripley as we go to commercial. Now, I didn't get your guys' thoughts on Dakota Kai's initial heel impressions last week, so 
I, I thought that it was a lot at once, the way that she came out last week. It's like, well, there she is, but ah, oh, her jacket's hanging off her shoulder. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah um, that's exactly what we talked about last week. And I was like, yeah. hey, mom and dad, I'm standing up against your your rules by exposing my shoulder. You're putting it out in the cold. Yeah, you want me to dress up? To go outside? Well, not entirely, Mom and Dad. It's near freezing, and I'm not wearing socks. <laughs> my 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 shoulders exposed because screw the patriarchy. <laughs> like it's, yes. it's, it's it's good. It works. It, it works. Like I'm I, I'm I'm here for it. I don't I don't think they need to slow play this. I mean, once she decided to maim her best friend by slamming her leg in a in a cage door, I think we were already made it to that point. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't think you need to slow play this at all. I will say also, the Kiwi accent really, really helps her heel persona. Yeah, like personally, just, every, Kiwi, every Kiwi I know is a, is a heel person. Just a terrible, angry person. Angry. Uh, Aaron like, Jace, go ahead. You mean like, like really or like in kayfabe, like uh, Jay White yeah, and stuff? Yeah, like really. Yeah, like really. Aaron Jace fan says, December 18th looking good for NXT. Oh, yeah, it is. And, uh, like, I don't know if they got tipped off that AEW was going to have a big show that night. But they were like, you know what? Let's do one a little bit bigger. Let's do that. We're going to talk more about that uh, momentarily. But Xia backstage ahead of her match. Cuts kind of a cheesy promo, but I liked the match. It was quick. It was a definitive win for Shayna. Uh, Lee didn't look out of her depth and Baszler wrestling on TV even though it happens like every month on NXT TV at this point Alex it still yeah. feels special I still yeah. like it It feels like a big fight when she fights yeah I, I agree with that I also um, last week I said that um, Baszler didn't have a problem with Xia Lee uh, when she attacked her last week she just wanted the ring you know what I mean? She just wanted to like, you know, I'm going to beat somebody up if I have to, so I can come in here and, and talk and, and do whatever I need to do. Um, but Zia Lee has a problem with beating beaten down. So she says, I'm going to, I'm going to have a match with you. And, and Shane Bishop was like, fine, you'll be a fine <laughs> spar- sparring partner before I have somebody who, I, who actually is a threat to me. Um, but I also love that Zia Lee didn't back down. And it shows also that Shayna can deal with any fighting style. You got her in her with a martial artist who's throwing kicks at her, and she's able to like figure out how to how to do that. She's worked with people who are athletic, jumping off the top rope, people who are stronger than her, bigger than her. She can handle anybody you put in the ring with her. I think that really adds to her reign as a champion. That no matter what fighting style you throw at her, she's got an answer for it. Yeah, I, I just really like this. It was good. It was definitive. Uh... There are a lot of times, like, I get the feeling if this were on AEW, this match would have been 12 minutes, and it didn't need to be. And that's one of the benefits that I think NXT has had over AEW in the early going, and I appreciate that. Uh, I also appreciate quick Forgotten Sons matches, so... (laughs) (laughs) And and this happened, it existed, and they had a good showing a few weeks ago against the Viking Raiders. Like, I don't want to knock them for that, but... They probably did need a win here if they're going to keep putting them on TV. And I, I thought this was fine. Uh, as far as Forgotten Sons getting an a enhancement win, Warren, you feel any type of way about that? Um, 
I mean, I'm of the opinion that if you're going to use them, you have to put them in situations where they're going to shine. Uh, the the squash matches have been effective for many a WWE talent recently. Uh, so, um, yeah, I mean, it's okay. I I think that the I, honestly, I think the only main the only problem that I have with with their outfit is Jackson Riker, as I like to call him, not Buddy Murphy. Uh, he, uh, I, I think he's the dead weight. I think he drags everything down. Yeah, he's supposed to be the the muscle of the group, but he's also he's also the vacuum of the group. Mm. Um, but I mean, if you're going to use them, might as well give them some wins like they had tonight. Ryan Smith says Sean beat me in fantasy football, but I lost the champ. I am the defending champion, and that will not continue <laughs> this year. That much I can assure you. Uh, it is a rough season, but we're rocking two 20-team leagues on FightfulSelect.com. Just one of the perks you get when you sign up for Fightful Select. You get to play fantasy football with us. Hot dog. Rhea Ripley versus Dakota Kai was supposed to happen tonight, and considering that both of these are on the come up and Rhea Ripley is big right now and Dakota Kai is emerging, I thought that what they did was very smart. Mia Yim comes out. Keep in mind, Dakota Kai has just called her a hood rat, which I found fucking hilarious. Pardon my language. Uh, please donate Super Chats because we're going to get demonetized tonight. I have not been on a live show with these guys in weeks. so. Uh. But Mia Yem comes out, prompted by Rhea Ripley, and attacks Dakota as revenge for the War Games assault. This makes a lot of sense. We're getting this match next week, Alex. Yeah, this is great. This is what I said um, uh, when Dakota Kai turned heel, she's now got four women who are pissed at her that she can go through if she's going to make it to whatever top uh, point she's going to go, like wh wherever her ceiling is. She's got to go through four women to get there. Uh, Tegan Knox, her best friend, who's injured and out for a while, so she's the, the that return's going to happen later. Uh, Candice LeRae, she already had a match with last week, uh, gave her what they call oral lacerations which looked like she had lost a tooth because um, she had so much blood in her mouth. So that's one down. Uh, and now Mia Yim is back from injury. So next week, that'll be two. Uh, it, I think if she wins, she'll have to cheat to do it as well because that's fine with, with her. She's, she, like we said, she, she's down with the patriarchy, also the matriarchy. She hates all archies. So she's definitely going through Mia Yim next week, and then she'll have to go through Rhea Ripley. But eventually, I feel like the, the big feud is going to be with her and Tegan Knox because, you know... The former best friends who now hate each other, locked in a blood feud, that's always good money. Yeah, I'm fine with it. I absolutely adored this horsewoman beatdown of Rhea Ripley. Mm -hmm. It yeah. was well executed. The horsewomen keep getting better and better and better. And the thing is, they're not putting Jessamine and Marina in spots where they are out of their depth. Accentuate yep. the positives. High the negatives. And in little things that I see them do, like Jessamine Duke selling a strike or uh, just Marina Shafir delivering a strike, really good stuff. They are ultimate henchmen that I think will one day develop into something else. I mean, they've just been wrestling a year. Like, that's it. So I'm, I'm completely about this development. I loved it taking three women to choke out Rhea Ripley. And it is Shayna Baszler's finisher up against the ropes with Marina and Jessamine pulling her towards them. Alex, this was marvelous. This was so good. I love when they find like 
cool, interesting ways to like add something to to this move. I mean, when you're when you're when you're in the crew of the clutch, you're being choked and pulled backwards. So then, if somebody pulls you forwards, you're getting choked even more. It's so good. It's just the laws of physics smartly applied can really add something to that. And I. Uh, I, I love the beatdown. I love that Rhea was probably going to be able to, to get out of it, except for the fact that she had these two, you know, hyenas there who were who were helping. I think that's really cool. Um, and I also loved the little promo afterwards. Like you, all you say you want a title match. Ah, uh, I want a title match too, and I can't wait. That was good to murder you in the ring. I think that's so good. Mm-hmm. Rob Wilkins, I'm not falling for. I mean. Alec, uh, he he knows what's up, and I know what's up. He's not Amanda hugging, kissing me like Bart Simpson this time. He says on the WWE Network table for three. Why didn't NWO not eat their dessert? Because it was too sweet. Uh huh. <laughs> he also says make sure to join the Fightful Facebook group. Yeah, guys, we have a Facebook page, but we have a fa- uh, Facebook discussion group as well. You guys can share articles, talk, all that good stuff. Uh, join it and invite your friends. If you have wrestling friends. Uh, join that. We're really trying to enhance our presence on Facebook. These podcasts are now available on Facebook. So uh, check that out. Help us out. Uh, I admittedly am more adept to Twitter than I am Facebook. So any help you guys can provide is uh, very nice. We see a video package for Isaiah Scott. And then Cassius Ono comes back. He hasn't oh. wrestled on NXT TV since April. It's been a while. He did a vignette before. Warren, you sound like you're excited about this. I Cassius Ono has had low key one of the best 2019s of any wrestler while he has been over in NXT UK. He's His the greatest gimmick. British wrestler in the world. Oh my god, it was so fantastic when he came over and he was like, "I am a wrestling genius and I am the greatest British style wrestler in the world and I'm going to show all you British wrestlers what it's all about." And the thing is, you'd think that when he's coming in and doing this type of gimmick, you'd have all the baby faces just uh, clean him out, right? Sure. But no, he'd go out there, he'd have fantastic matches and would win. He even had a British rounds match against Sid Scala a few months ago, and he bloody won the thing. And and he came out with his Cassius Ono Wrestling Genius t-shirt, which has to end up on Pro Wrestling Tees ASAP, it is the greatest wrestling yeah. t-shirt out there right now. I don't get the opportunity to talk about him a lot because uh, Steven Jensen does the Weekender on FightfulSelect.com that covers that. And uh, Warren, you covered NXT UK before that. So mm-hmm. it, it really did make me happy to see this. Plus, he's a natural opponent for Matt Riddle. He's They, they know each other so well. Uh, Riddle ends up winning. And uh, the finish, Alex, what would you think about that? I mean, I, 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 there were, it was, it felt kind of slow at times when they were doing like backslide. Well, no, not a backslide. Oh, there's some, uh, that, okay, not that. All right. Like, I know they were trying to do like a counter, 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 but it didn't work necessarily for me at, at certain points. Uh, I, I do love the bro Derek. Um, I think that's, that's really great. Um, <laughs> That's what they call it. I, don't, I know, I know. I, it's, it's, it's a, it's a tombstone gotch, whatever. Mm-hmm. Listen, um, this was this was fine. The problem for me is I was like, uh, okay, Ono's back in the states. Um, who's he gonna wrestle? I hope it's somebody he's never wrestled before. Oh, it's it's Matt Riddle. Now these two guys have great matches together, but I, I, I'm in the mood where I want to see new, fresh matchups. 
Um, and so I was hoping that Cassius would would put over, I don't know, like Swerve Scott or somebody. Um, somebody who's never, uh, we haven't seen wrestling before. But I'm glad we get to see Riddle on TV, and the match was fine. So I don't have, like, that much to complain about. But, um, yeah, I was just I was hoping for, like, a, a new fresh face, uh, at least in terms of an opponent for Cassius. Yeah, I, I could stand that as well. I, I just I knew that these guys knew each other so well, and the match was going to be good, and it was. Kushida was set to take on Raul Mendoza. Great to see him back. I, I'm very happy to see him back. Uh, but it wasn't for long because Cameron Grimes and that goddamn hat are back. Uh, Kushida ends up winning. I like this match. This was a little bit shorter than I expected considering the stop and start push of Cameron Grimes, but I, I thought it was good. Cameron Grimes now, right now, he's he's the, he's the mid-card guy who you take seriously enough to think he's got a shot at beating Kushida. But he, he's not going to beat Kushida. Like it's it's like it's one of those things of like well let's see how how serious they are about this push, um, and they would be against a lot of other people, but not against Kushida Kushida's first match back. By the way, uh, that little promo video for yeah. Kushida, as if you couldn't love that guy anymore. He's also like the best dad to the most sweet little chubby faced daughter. Like I, I now I have to root for this guy forever. Sorry, uh, sorry everybody, and now I'm rooting for Kushida. No, he, um, and, and we are going to refer to him as Kushidad from now mm-hmm. on. God My God. <laughs> I feel offended. Uh, uh, Joseph Farley says, Hood rat swear jar time. Go wild, catch. you damn right. Tim Traver says, supporting Fightful. I love my hockey, college, and pro football more than wrestling, but I'm enjoying life. Yeah, uh, every night but Wednesday, I could agree with you. Uh, UFC is about to get... Uh, get some buzz about it and I'm ready for that because I need a little little bit of a break. A little bit of a break from the pro wrestling these days. But uh yeah, lots of cool stuff. By by the way guys, how long are you all giving Tito Ortiz or Alberto Del Rio and his fight with Tito Ortiz? Oh uh, what look if it lasts uh, if it lasts ten seconds, it's ten seconds too much. Right. I mean I, I I'll I'll give him forty five seconds. I, I'm going to give him a solid two minutes because I think Tito is going to showboat a little ah, bit. Ah, well, uh, there you go. Yeah. Indeed. Indeed. So we get uh, the segment that leads up to the main event. We have the Undisputed Era come out. Then Keith Lee comes out. And I, I've just seen this so many goddamn times. I've seen this way too many times. Undisputed Era is there. Then the League of Good Guys show up. Cool, mm-hmm. man. I get it. Dijak, Keith Lee, Ciampa. That's your, that's your people of choice here. That's, that's who's here right now. Uh, but I, I, need some, I need something new out of this, Alex. Am I the only one? No, no. I mean, here... <laughs> Here's the thing. Obviously, we'll talk about this for a second. They're 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 taking the December 18th NXT show and they're making that special. They're going to do an NXT championship match and an NXT women's championship match on that random Wednesday evening. So they are they are basically taking the same amount of time to build to that major show. And who knows, maybe they'll add something else to it. It'll be a huge mega show. But um, 
they're taking the same amount of time to build to that as WWE is taking to build to TLC. Basically, it's the Wednesday after TLC, and they're doing it so much better because they have all of these stories that have that are that did not depend on Survivor Series showing up and breaking it all up and making it all crazy. And now we got to book something new. Like everything that was that was heading into War Games either culminated at War Games or they're building on it. So I understand at this point. I mean, would would I would I will I be very upset if we're still getting Champa and Keith Lee and Dijak versus three of the Undisputed Era guys on a show leading up to the Rumble? Yeah, I'll be upset about that. But right now, like, this is this makes sense that the War Games thing wasn't the end of it. I agree with you though. I do hate the WWE trope, which now apparently extends to all three brands of. Hey, we we have this thing where we all talk to each other. We don't like each other. Let's have a six man tag. Like, eh, I don't like the six man tag that, that that gets made because some people had an argument. Yes, like, I don't I don't love that. I don't love that. I want a counterpoint on this though, because for we, we on on all of the post shows right now, and we're all in agreement. We all we all say you know the baby faces don't have any friends. They get the, the heels. The heels are always aligned with each other. They beat up on Ricochet or Ray and or Seth when he was a babyface, <clears throat> and no one ever came out to save him. Now we have a situation here in NXT, which where they have where you have three guys who have their who have each other's back, and it makes sense for them to have each other's back because they've been through war together. So yeah. it's not even a thing of convenience. It's like Dudes, I trust you guys. We trust each other, so we have each other's back. So I get what you're saying. I as well am fed up of the holla holla play a play a six man tag teams that happen uh, booked on the fly. That is annoying. However, I will appreciate baby faces actually looking out for baby faces and not just letting the heels do whatever they want. Yeah, but I mean the thing is NXT has like always had that. Ever since Undisputed Era came around, they've always had that. Like every year. At War Games, it's Undisputed Era versus a League of Good Guys. And now on Raw, it's, it feels like every week Ricochet is involved in something like this. Even though he's not. It feels like he's there, like, buddying up with somebody every single week. So there, there is a bit of a shift there. But it, it's very convenient when they pick that babyfaces aren't going to have friends and that nobody cares about them. And... I would like to see some consequence to that, but at least for the purpose of this match, which was also very good, it set up something. We got a good match out of it, and we got a lot of people with some shine. Now, Tommaso Ciampa has a lot of reason to not like Adam Cole. He's got his title. And the way that I look at it, if the Royal Rumble features NXT talent, Ciampa should probably win that. Uh, yeah. Because at the end of this match, I, I'll, I'll go ahead and get into it. Uh, at the end of this match, Finn Balor comes out, attacks both sides. William Regal announces that next week, Keith Lee, Tommaso Ciampa, uh, and Finn Balor will face each other in a triple threat match. I would have Ciampa not be involved in that decision. So he is not only kept from his title, he's kept from an opportunity at his title. And he doesn't have the chance to get back something that he lost. And he's got to overcome and overcome and overcome. Now, personally, if I were WWE, I just wouldn't have NXT involved in the Royal Rumble. I'd do my own Royal Rumble in, like, July or something. I would do it on a big special episode of NXT. 
You want to battle AEW? Do your own NXT Royal Rumble. You've got like 70 people on the roster just in yeah. NXT and NXT UK. You got like 45 women on the roster between NXT, NXT UK, and the the Karen Q's and the Diana's and Chelsea's that aren't around. But I think that this is a, a real good setup, Alex, for Ciampa getting screwed out of another opportunity to regain his title. Uh, I know that I just unpacked a lot there, but basically cover it all. Well, okay. Earlier, it, it, it came out this week, I believe, uh, that Tommaso Ciampa has like had a discussion with people and, and, and like, because I'm not leaving NXT. I'm yeah. not going to Raw. I'm not going to SmackDown. He said if he'd retire. I, if you tell me I have to, I'm going to retire because it's not worth it for me and my family. Like he's got a, he's got a young child. Uh, he's already he's got the next stuff like he's doing it because like he can stay in Orlando, live with his family, well, be a dad. Sorry to interrupt, but I mean, there's no way Raw or SmackDown will pay him over twenty thousand dollars a year, Alex. That's the thing. That's what <laughs> Ring of Honor's Joe Coff told him years ago is that nobody would pay him over twenty thousand dollars a year. So no, it's true. It's true. He doesn't no, have options, true. Alex. No, he's he's making he's making seven fifty an hour. That's the national minimum wage, and that's what he's making. Um, uh, so so I I think if you if you wind up putting the title on him eventually, that's a great brand ambassador to have. The guy holding the title who says I'm NXT for life, and that's the guy I would say eventually becomes uh, the champion. I don't think he needs to do it right away. Also, what I love about about the match they're making, uh, Lee who is white hot and they're pushing him to the oh, yeah. moon and Finn Balor who's white hot since his, his, his time coming back and I love that Finn Balor doesn't give a damn about anybody but Finn Balor I love that about him right now is that the triple threat next week like any one of those guys I could absolutely see winning that match and any one of those guys I could absolutely see taking the pin like it's not it's it, it just it, it has to be it's such a great Going into a, a Wednesday show like that and not having any idea how it's going to turn out is awesome. Uh, but I also wanted to give uh, Super Shine to uh, we we rag on them all the time. Production, production of of, of, of WWE and it extends to NXT sometimes as well. But man, that shot of Finn in the corner about to do his shotgun dropkick, yes, and from behind Keith Lee comes up. Looking at and Finn knows he's there, but just has to turn and look. And then the the throat grab, that was just beautiful. And uh, and again, you have him, you know, like get the best of Balor and pin Cole going into this thing. Like I I I love what they're doing with Keith Lee. It took him long enough, but I love that he's being pushed the way he is. So they've added a top contender match to next week. They've added Mia Yim versus Dakota Kai to next week. And in two weeks, we have two title matches, which go up against a very, very big AEW. Well, a big AEW. I would consider this NXT very, very big. I mean, they're pulling out all the stops. Um, There's also an NXT Cruiserweight Championship match next week between two guys in Angel Garza and Leo Rush that I am incredibly invested in. Excellent performers, great charisma, just star power, get it from every every way that they could. Uh, MG Geek says Tony Schiavone makes AEW better more than Morrow missing a week of NXT thoughts. Um, 
I think that they had they are a little bit deeper at commentary in NXT, and they can afford Morrow to lose a week or two. Uh, Alex, any thoughts on that? Well, I mean, they, they, I mean, it, Phillips comes back, and it's, it's, you know, it's, it's fine. It's not, it's not what it is with Morrow. Listen, I, I don't love everything that Morrow does, but I do really, really enjoy his passion. Yes, I do too for it. So I think that 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 trading him out for Tom Phillips makes commentary ordinary. I think that when you remove Tony Schiavone from the booth and it's just Excalibur versus Jim Ross versus I think versus versus, versus <laughs> it's basically it is it's like one guy who knows wrestling and, and current wrestling and talking about it and his grandpa who's like who's that what's that over there <laughs> there was this remember this time back in 1978 like that's it's like Grandpa Simpson. And a current, like, knowledgeable wrestling commentator. He's playing so, in the salsa Shavon, bowl this weekend. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Young yeah. Bibby says, is it true there will be no more NXT call-ups since they're on USA? No, that is not true. I don't know what regularity they'll do it, but there will still be some movement around there. Uh, Hannah, Mo- Hannah Moore, someone said Hannah Moon. But Hannah Moore says, I think it... Also, maybe uh, that the 18th is their last live show until January 8th, so they want to leave on a bang. I think that makes a lot of sense, Yeah, Warren. I mean, they, they got a big show before their break. Let's, uh, let's run a big show. Well, they mentioned it on AEW tonight that uh, the, eight, the December 18th show was the last. And I was like, what? what? Yeah, well, I know it's our then, last because y'all ain't working Christmas. Well, there you go. Uh, so, 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 so then it makes sense. And then they announced that Jericho was going to defend on the 18th. So I was like, oh, okay. So they're going to stack that one up. So yeah, it makes sense that NXT does it. It's just really, really funny that there's two shows building up for big, big shows on the 18th. God damn, we're blessed as wrestling fans yeah, these we days. We really are blessed. Yeah. So they probably do want to leave on a bang. And if you want to leave on a bang, whether you're live or taped, I know what you're doing with that tripod. I know what you're doing this holiday season. Asking for that, what is it, 2160p quality camera from your loved one? Well, fortunately, you don't have to break the bank to get that erect penis with BlueChew.com code Fightful. BlueChew brings you the same ingredients, active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, stuff that has worked for decades. But it's better, it's cheaper, it's faster, it's better because it's chewable. It gets into your system a lot faster Empty stomach, full stomach, doesn't matter. If you've eaten all that Christmas ham, you're ready to feed somebody else some more meat, if you know what I'm saying. And they're going to come back for seconds, for thirds, all of that. And it it comes to you discreetly. It does. Like, the mailman doesn't know what's up with with your your bluechew.com code Fightful. They don't. Because it's prescribed online, and it ships straight to your door, but the package doesn't say, Hey, here are your penis pills. It doesn't do that. It comes in a discreet package. However, I must specify a couple things. First off, you need a prescription for this. It's prescribed online by Blue Chew's approved doctors, but you don't have to wait in line at the pharmacy. Also, <clears throat> as discreet as your mailman is going to be, there is no way that the person you're throwing it to will be discreet after this. They're going to go to the supermarket. They're going to tell the bag boy. They're going to say, hey, listen, did you hear what's up with Homeboy's Wiener? It's amazing. The bag boy's going to go, really? Re- tell me more. By the way, if you want to get this second watermelon, we have a sale. That is a conversation 
you're going to have. I don't even know if watermelons are in season. Maybe that's why they're on sale. But I know right now, Blue Chew is in season, and it's free when you use that code FIGHTFUL. All you got to do is pay $5 shipping. Talk about a stocking stuffer. You're going to be stuffing a lot more than stockings when you get BlueChew.com code FIGHTFUL. Damn! Dick the halls, my friends! BlueChew.com code FIGHTFUL to have everybody talking about homeboy's wiener. (laughs) I hear you know about the sliding D, Warren. Yes, yes. Yes, Kyrie Satan couldn't quite hit it uh, on Monday. Well, Warren, let me just tell you. If you're coming down somebody's chimney this holiday season, use BlueChew.com, code FIGHTFUL. Ho, ho, ho. (laughs) Rob Wilkins says, what are your early predictions for men's rumble winner? Now, I got to be honest. He had a typo there on men's rumble, and it was all one word, and I thought it said menstrual. (laughs) (laughs) What are your early predictions on menstrual winner? And I said, well, first off, me, because I don't want kids. But (laughs) Alex, your thoughts? Um, ah, uh, um, geez, men's men's for me is much harder to predict than women's because I honestly don't know what their plans are with with the Brock thing. There's there's <laughs> speculation yeah. of how he might re- might face either one of the non wrestlers that they have on the roster. So that'll be fun. I mean, uh, the, listen. Keith Lee would be my pick. I want him to win it. I think he he proved during Survivor Series that people love this guy, even if they don't know him all that well. You could really build a guy out of that. Warren, your thoughts? Kevin Owens. That, that's a fair guess. I, I would I like that prediction. Yeah. I'm yeah. gonna just for the sake of being different, I'll say Tommaso Ciampa or um Braun Strowman. But <laughs> that guy that guy ain't <laughs> never gonna move past cricket wireless salesman level at this point my god all elite wrestling i thought a pretty good show there was some sloppy stuff though Mm -hmm. warren did you get the audio errors that we got uh no everything i I saw a lot of people complaining about it on twitter but it was really really clean on our end over here in canada that's not how we that's not the canadian accent well it definitely happened here and it's looking like tony khan may have overpaid for some of these people that came from the Impact production team because the, it's it's happening every single week, and it's an issue. It's a problem every week. I thought I just had my volume down while I was listening to NXT, but then the, the, the volume just booms through nine minutes in. Nine minutes of your show with those audio issues on TNT. That's a problem. Can't have that. Can't have that. A couple of weeks ago, the 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 crowd noise was drowning out commentary. That I remember, uh, and, and I mean it's not just the audio that's the problem. They're still having very very clear production issues as far as their match goes. The matches go. We'll touch on a couple a couple of things that are on the verge of inexcusable. But like I said, we'll get into it when we get there. Dustin Rhodes and the Young Bucks defeated the Inner Circles combination of Santana, Ortiz, and Sammy Guevara. This was a good match, as you would expect. Mm-hmm. Dustin Rhodes. 
<laughs> with the Young Bucks style gear. I thought that was great. I thought it was great. Uh, and, you know, uh, he's he's completely leaning into this segment of his career where he's like, you know, I'm with the young guys. And he knows what he knows. He's an old timer and he knows there's a lot of the shine from his brother and the bucks that is gleaming onto him. So he's like, so Dustin is like, ah, I'm going to lean into this. Not a problem. And I'm okay with it. And here's the thing. And you know, I'm sure you're going to talk about it when you break down the match a bit, but I really appreciate Dustin Rhodes because it's not, it's not just all show. He puts in the work. And he mixes up his offense, and I can really get behind that. Every time he gets into the ring, his his stuff. Of course, he hits the the classics, but there's always a couple of things where you're like, "Oh, this is cool. Oh yeah, I remember him doing this." Oh, this is, or he just breaks out something that he that he hasn't done uh, recently, and you're like, "Oh, okay, this is really cool." I I'm a big big fan of uh, end of career Dustin Rhodes right now. And isn't it crazy that? I don't know how long ago it was. I want to say like maybe eight, nine years ago. It looked like he was done. It looked like yeah. he was just gone after when he, he became an agent. And, and that was a wrap. That was a wrap for his career. And everybody would have been like, you know what? That's good. Hall of Fame career. Not bad. Whatever. And then he came back as he always does. He always finds a way to come back. I'm not convinced there isn't another WWE running him like 10 years from now. Like it, <laughs> the guy, like I, I love the Dustin Rhodes and Cody versus the. Sh this is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus twenty four seven customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Shield program. I thought it was amazing. But, I mean, he was off the radar for from like November 2010 until like July August 2012 but outside of that period every single year he pops up on TV somewhere and a lot of people talk about the longevity of the undertaker Warren he's been doing it just as long he's been doing it on TV just as long guy was in the USWA and all mm -hmm. Japan in like 89 he was on NWA TV in 89. He was in WWE, I think, I can't remember if it was 90 or 91, but I think it was 1990, because he did uh, a year with them, he did the tag match with, with Dusty. 
it's amazing the longevity he's had and the way that he's still able to work. And that really shined through. I didn't ever feel like Dustin was out of his depth with five very versatile workers, very quick, agile workers here, Warren. He look for all the for for the duration of his career, the length that his career has had. Look at him tonight. He's doing diving cross bodies. He's doing running sentons off the apron to the floor. He's doing Canadian destroyers. I mean, the, it's crazy the stuff that he's still capable of doing, and he still manages to do the the winded spot where he's he go he goes like this to 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 Guevara. He's like, Give me a second here. You're, of course, you don't yeah. buy it. But it's still funny. It's funny because you don't buy it because it, three seconds before that, you were pulling off a Canadian destroyer. No, but it, it works in the meta part of it, but it's he's he's still really, really good. He's he, he's amazing. Like uh, is he an anomaly? Maybe, but I think it's I think it's crazy what he's doing these days. By the way, Warren, whether you're doing a uh, pile driver or pulling out your Canadian destroyer, Use BlueChew.com, code FIGHTFUL. You're welcome. Dustin Rhodes and the Young Bucks win. Uh, I I love this. I, I love the back and forth. It was really good. Up next, Trent Beretta versus can, Rafe. Can, can we ahead. touch back on that match really quick? The yeah. one thing that the one thing that's that that's kind of starting to, to to I wouldn't say bug me, but that I'm questioning, I'm wondering. Just how much emphasis they are putting on the rankings within their storytelling in AEW. Like I, I appreciate the fact that they want to make wins and losses matter and that they put out the rankings every week and they're a point of discussion. But they have to matter in the matches. Right now, the Bucks and Santana and Ortiz are in a feud. They've been in a feud for a while. And this was very much a a young buck style match. I dug the match. Don't get me wrong. I had a lot of fun, but this is the type of match that a lot of people who don't like the young bucks. This is the kind of young bucks match that they won't like. This is exactly the kind of match they won't like because there's a lot of shenanigans. There's a lot of goofiness. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of, uh, um, uh, of waiting for spots to happen. A lot of showboating, but I liked it. I enjoyed it. If you're going to have the Bucks and Santana and Ortiz in a match together where they're supposed to be in this feud, you should be feeling it a little more. Plus, on top of that, why wouldn't they be adding the idea of first and second rankings? Why wouldn't they put why why wouldn't they put more emphasis on that? Because that's what they are. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't one, mind one a little two. lower third with the names and the rankings on them. I think that could could be something kind of cool as well. Uh, Alex, how do you feel so far about how they're handling the ranking system? Because I, I will say this. It does make every match seem at least a little more important to me. Well, I mean, I I, I feel like in six months we'll know. We'll know because we'll see who's getting title matches and how they're hiding what their win-loss record is if it doesn't necessarily match up. Like somebody, like I, I, I mentioned, we'll talk about this later, when there was a standoff between uh, Chris Jericho and a rather erudite dinosaur. And I said, <laughs> give me that feud. And there was like, well, I guess win loss, but don't matter anymore. And I was like, yeah. I mean, once you've said that, that, that win loss records matter, I'm never going to get to see uh, uh, Luchasaurus versus Chris Jericho because he doesn't get a title shot. Why would he, why would he ever get one? He, they never win. So that's a problem because immediately tonight I saw that little, that standoff. And I said, that could be fun. Not that I want to see 
you know, yeah. Luchasaurus be the champion, but I want to see that match. Can I still see the match if it's not for a title? If one guy is way lower in the standings than the other one just because they're pissed at each other and that's how wrestling works sometimes? Well, you guys are pissed at each other and they have a match? Look at what happened ultimately. You know, we're moving ahead in the spoilers here a bit, but Jungle Boy has a losing record. Yeah, and, and not, he's not just a losing record. He doesn't have a win. He doesn't. Right. Well, so that doesn't well, make a it's, goddamn it's, it's, bit of sense. And we'll talk yeah. about that eminently. Yeah, we'll we'll Trent Beretta ends up losing to Ray Phoenix. Uh, Orange Cassidy is still super over. Uh, what do you think of this match, uh, Warren? Uh, Ray Phoenix winning this very predictable. Yeah, sure. Uh, but uh, you know, I. I I like the idea that they're positioning Trent Beretta uh, as a single star as well. Feels like they've been doing that a little bit, right? You know, a couple of weeks ago we had Phoenix and Nick Jackson, and now they're back over here with uh, uh, with Trent. Phoenix is a fantastic worker. I think he matched really well with with Trent. I thought they were. I, I thought this was an odd position for the match. I would have put it on a little later. Uh, I thought it was a little strange coming off of that super hot opening match. To come o- to, to to follow up with this, I think it would. I think the second hour would have definitely benefited from having uh, an exciting match, one that I thought was really really solid. Um, but um, I think it suffered a bit just because of its match positioning. As did I. Uh, Tony Schiavone. Oh, by the way, Tremperetta attacks Ray Phoenix after the match. Schiavone's in the ring, joined by Cody. He says his scars are a reminder of his failure to capture the AEW World Championship. Says he got beat up by Butcher and the Blade last week, and all his friends are occupied, and nobody was around to help him last week. Mentions his wife cutting the hair of people, uh, and MJF kicking him in the balls. Says that Butcher and the Blade uh, could have asked him for a match last week, and then he runs down their history. Says they're Pepper Parks or uh, Andy Williams. Says he knows who they are. It's not not new to him, but said that. MJF is a Bush League version of Chris Jericho and says that MJF, he knew MJF was a bad guy the whole time, but offered like his, his shoes, $50,000 cash, a watch, a truck to MJF to get a match with him because MJF has said, Warren, that he will never face Cody. I love MJF saying that he will never face Cody. All he wanted sure. was to kick Cody in the balls. Also, uh, you all may not have seen this, but it's on AEW's Twitter. An outstanding MJF promo with Wardlow in the back where MJF just runs down. He said, oh, I spent a couple grand on Butcher and the Blade. It wasn't that expensive. Uh, <laughs> and I, like It was just really, really good. Cody Rhodes, as Alex mentioned on Twitter, cut a million-dollar man promo as a baby face and knocked it out of the park. Warren, this ruled. The MJF thing ruled. This was great. The MJF needed absolutely to be, uh, to be completely immersed in his heel persona. I was not a fan of uh, edgy baby face, MJF, I didn't like it. I didn't think it 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 served him well, but that I saw the Twitter promo. I thought it was fantastic, and it it, it gave me shivers, much more than the Cody Rhodes humble brag promo. Which at some point I was like, well, why? Honestly, I was just sitting back. I was like, why am I cheering for this guy? Yeah. If he's 
sitting, if he's standing there basically flexing for me, um, you know, there's dudes on, there's dudes that pop up on my uh, random YouTube feed once in a while where they're like, look at my shoes, look at this, and I just skip through it. So it honestly kind of turned me up, and I thought it was a little strange. I really thought it was a little strange. Why don't you go give $100 to the kid right there? Th- these are a pair of British Knights from 1990. They're not that expensive, but they're really hard to find. They're probably not your size, but here they are anyway. God, that, now I want Stokely <laughs> to do that. I want him to ape that on uh, on NXT TV now. But, but that's the thing. And tossing his watch, a gift from Tony Khan. I'm like, my God. Like, like it was really a really weird humble brag. I, as, I didn't care for his promo really? much. Yeah, it rubbed me a little bit the wrong way. And I think he's going to have to lean more into a – a a real babyface persona. If we if he wants us to be, if he wants to uh, if he wants us to get behind him. Because if I'm MJF right now, right now I'm on MJF's side. I'm like, yeah, let the guy freak out with his money. Let let him do it. I'm not convinced here. Well, I mean, what I took it as, and and um, you know that the the Twitter response, the, the the video response that was on Twitter. Of MJF kind of proves it to me as well, um, because I, I I liked that that Cody was like, uh, okay MJF, all you care about is money. I can pay you whatever you want, because all I want is one shot at getting you back. But, um, and and MJF saying ah, money, I, I don't need money. Uh, my family is super rich. It feels like he's like protesting a little too much on the wrong side. Like it, I mean, I'm not sure. Like I, I I totally get what you're saying, but he absolutely is like. Saying like I have more money than everybody. Uh, name your price. Everybody's got a price. He's doing the million man, man thing. I don't necessarily love it, but the crowd was eating it up, and that to me is like because the, the million dollar man should do the exact same thing and get booed for it, and he's he's uh, uh, he's getting a, a big babyface reaction out of it by doing it in that way. I didn't love the hey, give the hundred dollar bill to that kid. Um, whose family's obviously well off enough to buy courtside tickets. I mean, ringside tickets anyway. So, like, take it up to the like the nosebleeds and give it to one of those kids. Anywhere, what doesn't really matter. Like, it's 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 a it's a weird thing to fight over. But what I love was Cody saying, "All of this stuff that I have doesn't matter. What matters to me is getting a chance to kick your ass, MJF." And that I I thought that that's kind of that's a pure thing. That's a pure babyface thing to do, and I, I I enjoyed that part of it. But I do see your point, Warren. We got the latest Dark Order vignette. Uh, this one did not hit this me in this. Put, this one this one put me off. This one yeah. put me off too, Warren. What'd you think? If you if you don't if you don't join the Dark Order for the right reasons, you get groped. You get groped by the creeps. <sighs> That's kind of weird. But but yeah no it, like it's it's essentially like angry keyboard guys it's like it's like gamergate essentially yeah. is what it is I I I don't know I I would I, I would have found it a lot more insidious if they would have taken the guy who says I just want friends and over the course of several weeks turned him into this evil force. That yes. to me is much more insidious than the, the keyboard asshole 
who's who's like, I want revenge. And they're like, you're in. We like you. Yeah. It would have been a lot inter- more better for me if they had said, you want it for the wrong reasons. Get out. And then the next guy comes up and says, I just want friends. All right. We'll take you in. And, and then you show us how you can you can take somebody who just wants friends who just wants friends and mold them yeah in your image to be a force of evil that to me would be a lot more effective than like the guy who's like I, I want revenge I I, I want to I want to like all these people who are mean to me I want them dead like you should be saying no we don't want you yeah we want this guy we want this guy over here that would be that that would feel better to me than. Yeah. If I were just somebody flipping the channels that have watched AEW here and there, I'd be like, oh, I see Stu and Uno, but where's Butcher and the Blade and Awesome Kong and Brandy? Aren't they all, like, the same exact yep. thing? Like, there's that's, not a lot to differentiate true. them. Uh, Nyla Rose, suspended, quote-unquote. I gotta say, this is a good use of Leva Bates. Leva, as we saw in that dark match, ain't ain't ready for those. Might not ever be ready. If she ain't ready now, probably not gonna be. No. Got crushed, and so did Peter Avalon. That was cool. Nyla Rose puts everybody through tables and all that. Now, this follows Shayna and Nyla battling backstage a while back. I like this. They're adding a little bit of story, a little bit of flavor, Warren. Yep. And, and that's what we're, we're going to talk about this first. And I can't believe there are people that didn't like this. You have to be a remarkable, absolute bitch to not think that showing Britt Baker in the crowd like this is funny with Excalibur going that's that's Britt Baker that's Adam Cole's girlfriend that shit was so funny yep I thought that would and you know what you know what the top viewed article video of the month was on Fightful (laughs) it was Britt Baker being shown on TV for two seconds that video of Triple H addressing that did 40,000 views for us. And we, we don't do videos with like 100,000 views all the time. We're a relatively small channel. That shit blew up. So I thought it was hilarious. Warren reaffirmed my beliefs and all the curse words I just used. There is absolutely no problem with them doing it. It is funny. It is a meme it's perfect. They are in position, the perfect position to do that. And yes, they know what they're doing. And anyone, look, anyone, you call them a bitch. I'm calling anyone who doesn't find that funny miserable. Well, They're just someone who was just looking to find the yes. worst in everything instead of just enjoying it for obviously what they're doing. It was hilarious is what it was. I loved and- it. Uh, besides the, the, the dork, yep. besides the dork that looked and was like, hey, mom, kind of ruined the shot. Come on, man. It ain't about you. It ain't about you. But I thought that was funny. I love the Nyla Rose stuff. I thought yep. this was a good segment. I really did. Um, they are. We've been having Nyla Rose squash matches and the people she has been squashing have been playing off of Nyla's strengths. And yeah. I think this was. This is uh, something that uh, this is one of the problems that they've had with Nyla Rose leading into Dynamite is that they wanted her to be something that she wasn't ready to be or maybe just doesn't have the capacity to be. Um, And she was exposed for a lot of for for a lot of reasons. She was exposed as being a little too green. Let's put it that way. 
Um, and here, the match that she, the, the 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 squash match she had a couple of weeks ago, the one with, against Bates tonight, was perfect because it they her her opponents played off her strengths. That's exactly what happened. She looked super strong, super good, and that's how they have to book her look going forward. Not twelve minute marathons of, of her versus Rio where they're going where they're expecting her to run wrestling circles around Rio. That's not it. Just have her do these types of matches and she's going to have a great career. Rob Wilkins says, Should I watch Christmas Vacation or Elf tonight? Christmas Vacation, without a doubt. Even though Chevy Chase is a dick. Jacob Noble, opinion on ramp connected to the ring. I love it personally. I think it's another way yeah. to set yourself apart. Alex, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I like that it harkens back to to an older time when they would do that for the pay-per-views in WCW, also in uh, New Japan as well, different times. But uh, I I like it again. It just it's different, and it's mm-hmm. a, it's a it's a it's a it makes for a lot of fun spots too. You have a guy, you have lots of guys who are super athletic, have them sprint down the entire ramp and then leap over the ropes to do a a flying crossbody. There's a lot of fun stuff you could do. <clears throat> Chris Jericho comes out to the ring with Jake Hager, says that he is contractually obligated to have one more match this year. He says his final match will happen on December 18th, and he has the option to choose his opponent. So right out of the gate, I like this, because he has a reason to pick somebody that statistically sucks ass. He ends up doing that when Jurassic Express come out, all of whom... Don't have wins, I'm pretty sure. But Luchasaurus grabs a microphone and growls at Jericho and says that dinosaurs have been marginalized for 65 million years. Uh, And Jericho mocks him before saying that Jungle Boy couldn't last 10 minutes. Jungle Boy says that he can, slaps Jericho in the face. A brawl breaks out and Jurassic Express clear the ring. Uh, Warren, what did you think of this promo? I thought thought this was fine. I liked... I like Jericho has been so good in his role, uh, hearkening back to his old WWE gimmicks as well. You know where he said I put up a, I created a list, and then everyone popping and then going, yeah, this is, get your heads out of 2016, folks. This is not a list. This is the lexicon of Le Champion. Uh-huh. Of course, that is that is not what a lexicon is, <laughs> but but we'll let it go for alliteration's sake. Um, and, uh, and, uh, yeah, I love the interaction with Luchasaurus. My God, that guy needs to lean. He leans into the absurdity of his character so wonderfully. It makes it convincing, maybe not believable, but convincing, you know, it's just, it's fun. Uh, I thought the promo, the, the promo in about itself was, uh, was very, very good. I do have thoughts on the match though, on the 18. And it all sort of turns around the the idea of what I mentioned before and what you just alluded to and what, what we're going to talk about again. These guys, Jurassic Express, they don't have wins. And we're now we're setting up – they're setting up their final match, uh, their final show on the 18th. They obviously want to give it a big marquee feel because they're – okay, Jericho's going to defend there. But we know – Jungle Boy doesn't stand a chance of winning. Correct. We know he's not going to win because he hasn't been winning, despite the fact being in unquestionably one of the top three popular acts in the company right now. They are not giving these guys wins. And Sean, Alex, 
I think I say this every week, and I'm going to say it again. At some point, people are going to stop cheering for Jurassic Express if they never get wins because no one wants to back a loser. It's just that simple. And now, seeing that NXT is deciding to stack up their no, their no, show on no the spoilers, 18, please. What's that? No spoilers. Some people watch this version before oh, yeah. NXT. Yeah. Well, I mean that. Okay, but that, so but it is stacked. That's it's fair to say that they are yeah. stacking it. Um, it was it was a, it was a warning, not a scolding. Warning. No, 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 no. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> the they're uh, they're uh, since since they're stacking their show on the eighteen NXT is uh, I'm already underwhelmed with what uh, with what uh, AEW has to offer because to me the path is clear. They, I know exactly what the outcome of this world championship match is going to be. There's still some stuff that has to be decided in, in, in NXT where I'm like mm, this could really go either way. Here it the the path is so clear. I'm I'm sort of like well okay it it'll probably be a a fun match but it's not going to there's there's not any inherent drama to it at this yeah. point yeah uh, what we've what we've learned is Jericho can be goaded into giving people yep. matches and if he has one match left I do think it makes sense that he would pick the statistical worst person right. to do it uh, Alex um I can't believe neither of you guys have focused on the substance of La Lexion, of La Champion, he he listed all the people he's never going to wrestle. Um, he 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 mentioned Moxley seven times during that. Yes, but spaced out through it, he listed Cody Rhodes, Young Bucks, Papa Buck, Uncle Buck, Buck Owens, Moxley, Hangman Page, Diamond Dallas Page, Page, Moxley, Scorpio Sky, Two Chord Scorpio, like the whole thing. But it's it was ba- it's basically harkening back to the list of a thousand and four holds. Yes. Like arm bar, arm bar. Like I loved he it. Ma- he, he finds a way to make his old shit brand new again. And also the timing of exactly when he put the Moxleys in made it even funnier. Like mm-hmm. it, it's this was so perfectly done to make you like love him while hating him. Like it's he's he's uh, the the this is my by far my favorite version of Chris Jericho because he's also able to to play the hits while twisting them and making sure they're different. I, I so great. Love that promo. Chris Statlander ended up defeating Hikaru Shida, who looked like she had been getting a push of late. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Statlander is a great addition to this roster. Uh, I mean, let's be real. There were three people that they added later in AEW that should have been added a long time ago because they signed a bunch of green people and a lot of people with upside for the women's division. Adding Statlander and Big Swole and, gosh, I can't remember the third one that they added. There. Jamie Hayter. There you go. Uh, Jamie Hayter was something that they needed and that came along a, a little late. Um, they seem to have, like, every single week, they seem to have at least one of the Japanese women wrestling. Uh, I was pleasantly surprised. No Emi Sakura this week. I need a break from Emi Sakura. I need a break from all that. I don't like the gimmick. I, I just don't dig it. Hikaru Shida... Uh, is somebody I want to see more of, and I love this. My only gripe is the six goddamn cartwheels in a row. Kick her. Kick her. <laughs> Other than that, uh, there there was a couple spots that I didn't think hit well, but those were during commercials. Statlander is a person that you got to sign, and WWE had the opportunity and blew it. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Blew it, by the way. But Statlander picks up the win. Uh, quick thoughts on the match, Warren. Um, I think I thought it was a really fun match. I'm super surprised by the by the uh, the win here by Statlander. But push this woman and push her because she physically. You know, we talk about the the bigger guys and the smaller guys. You know, the Jake Hagers versus the Jungle Boys. But I mean, she's an an athletic, strong built woman uh, and she looks very very different from a lot of the women that they're showcasing uh, on AEW right now so she she fits in really really well she's super talented despite the fact that she's been wrestling for three years she's got a couple of uh, or close to a couple of hundred matches already under her belt uh she's fantastic i saw her live uh, a few months ago she's fantastic uh great decision to have her win awesome kong and brandy Rhodes make their way out uh they do the lights on lights off thing because that's Awesome Kong's entrance. But Brandy cuts a promo, and I thought it was a pretty solid promo. Sure. But wants Chris Statlander to be a part of the Nightmare Collective. And then there's a fan at ringside who says she'll do it, and we see during the commercial them buzzing her head. This is the straight-edge society thing. Like, how does this get through? That was not that long ago. It was, like, within the last—it was this decade— how does that get through, Warren? It's the same thing, just but, not just not men. And 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 you know, with with makeup and you know, throwback uh, throwback Victorian era costumes, Sean. That's the thing. Um, no, clearly, like AEW was clearly uh, uh, listening to the audience. That segment of the audience that wanted more. Uh, dark gothic type stables within their wrestling, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously we had the Dark Order that clearly wasn't enough, so we needed uh, the Nightmare Collective, which actually sounds like a like a bunch of Etsy artists that got together to help promote each other. And uh, and the, <laughs> and the uh, and then you have the Butcher, the Blade, the Bunny. So, I mean, the the thing that. That bu- that irks me the most on top of the straight edge society thing is right now they're repackaging the dark order by being a cult. Join us, come join us, come be a part of us. And Brandy is doing the exact same thing with her collective, yeah. with her thing. And that bugs me. And on top of this straight edge society thing, this is what I'm wondering. How come nobody in creative just uh, sat down and like, hey, wait a minute. You guys can't be a cult too, because we already have our cult. So you guys have to be cutting hair for another reason, you know. And and also, uh, if you want to cut the hair, you don't shave the hair, because there was a pretty popular gimmick yeah, that no, yeah, did I, that. Absolutely. Yeah, I want to add that I think that those Etsy stores uh, they all specialize in like beadwork of Jack Skellington. <laughs> <laughs> if this gimmick My had happened, piece. if it happened twenty five years ago. I'd be like, yeah. okay, sure. Like I said, AEW's demographic skews younger, but not that much younger. People remember this. Yep. It was like eight or nine years ago. Uh, well, hopefully people can forget Christopher Daniels versus Pentagon. This was rough, and I would not have expected yeah. that. I think Pentagon is overrated massively. I think he has been for a long time. I think that he was the beneficiary of a lot of editing in Lucha Underground. And the work is not – it doesn't go above and beyond. 
there, there are a lot of times when he's like, oh, where am I? Super kick. Okay, I'm going to, he's on the, I, I'll super kick him there too. Where, where else can I super kick him at? Ah, good. I'll throw a super kick. Uh, well, Christopher Daniels told me recently in an interview that <laughs> one of the positive points of his longevity is that he only tries things 30 minutes into the match that he knows he could do three minutes into the match. Well, I think it's time to take the springboard moonsault off the menu. That was a tough one. Maybe he lost it there. I love Christopher Daniels. I, sure. I will be greatly disappointed and probably angry if I never get to see Daniels versus Jericho because the match has never happened in any form. But this match was not good. Warren, what did you think of it, though? Um, I, you have, uh, you have dragged me onto the, uh, the dark side of the uh, Pentagon. I remember about uh, maybe a year ago or 18 months, we were talking about Penta off the air and, 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 you know, you were, you were talking to me about his work rate and so on and so forth. And I wasn't, I wasn't convinced, but, um, more things go on. And especially after tonight, I'm like, yeah, they, I mean, this is a guy who's, uh, who's able to? He's able to pack in so many dates in a year, but by wrestling very haphazardly. And mm-hmm. I do think he's overrated. I think a lot of what he, a lot of his appeal is his look, it's his mannerisms, the it's taunts. his catchphrase. Yeah, exactly. I think hey, there's a lot of appeal to him. And but usually, I definitely... he's, sorry to interrupt. Usually, he's standing next to one of the greatest workers in the world, too. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I was going to say. We see him a lot. Within uh, w- within the tag team, goddamn Phoenix is amazing. He's absolutely fantastic. That's something you can't take away. Um, I'm not sure about Penta. I'm really not. Uh, no. I did. I didn't think he brought it tonight. And I, you know, I saw a lot of people saying, "Oh, Daniels was sloppy." Well, I don't think he got a lot of help necessarily yeah. tonight. Oh, I mean that really does hurt me. Like leave the memories alone because I I I loved Penta and Lucha. And yeah, I mean, I'm going to have to start thinking that they edited a lot of his stuff or he was just on a hot streak where he wasn't this bad. Alex, first season Lucha Underground Pentagon versus Brock Lesnar was a dream match for me at that point. That's how well he was booked. I'm talking arm arm breaking Pentagon in Lucha Underground season one. When I hear that, I'm like, take that Chris Joseph that wrote that. And throw him anywhere and let him help build somebody on one of these shows. Because they built so many people there. But what I have seen since the Impact run has been so hit or miss. So hit or miss. Yeah. Uh, we see a Butcher, Blade, and Bunny video package. I didn't get to really mention this last week. Even though this is a little weird, it's an upgrade for Allie. Allie oh. in this role is it, it's just much better. Because her as the, aw, shucks, baby face is not it. And it never was it in Impact either. And that's why she was largely a character before becoming a wrestler. But um, that aired. We also see Joey Janela cutting a promo. He made a surprise appearance at GCW last week. John Moxley shows up and says, ah, that's cute. A thing that I like about this is Joey Janela is put over big by Jim Ross on commentary. Like, Jim Ross is saying, this guy is going to break through. It might be tonight, it might be down the line, but he's going to break through. And uh, Jeremy Lambert got a little scoopski this weekend. Of all the people, imagine all the names that could possibly be at WrestleCade. 
I want you guys to take a guess of one person who was absolutely in love with Joey Janela's work. Ricky Morton. No. Alex. I, I, I don't know. I... Scott Norton. <laughs> really? Scott Norton oh, sang the praises to Jeremy Lambert of Joey Janela's work. And I'm, I'm, we're going to have a full story on that. But when Jeremy told me that, I was like, damn, damn. You know who put him over to me? Who's that? NWO Sting. <laughs> I mean, that's some credit. That's cred right there. That is the, probably the best cred Joey Janela has. So, on top of former IWGP champion Scott Norton. Right? So, I mean, I, I'm giving away some select stuff for free here. But Jeremy's article will come out much quicker than mine. Uh, we're going to have his article come out first, and then my video with Norton will come at the end of this cycle, maybe months away. But I asked Scott Norton, hey, who would fit in in Japan, do you think? And he's like, Joey Janela. I was like, oh, wow, that's awesome. Well, he had a good match here with Moxley. I liked it, sure. but you always knew Moxley was going to win this, and it was the main event. Would like to see something a little bit more competitive, but goddamn, Joey's so good, and Moxley's so good. It's hard to dislike this. And and the fact that wins and losses matter, it's hard to dislike this. Uh, Warren, what were your thoughts as we wrap up this show? I thought it was a great fight. Uh, that's because this, this is what it was. And then even during the commercial break, you had Moxley pulling out the submission maneuvers on him. I thought, that, I thought it was a great fight that included some of these, some moves, some maneuvers within it that was really cool. I liked how some point... Janela seemed to he was running the ropes or actually came off I think the, like the second turnbuckle to run the ropes and he sort of lost his footing but he kept at it anyway and he hit the ropes and just dove th- dove through the uh made a dive just right onto Moxley on the outside despite the fact that he was like oh shit he's gonna fall I thought it was really good I liked how Moxley tried out a um uh a a a, a, a paradigm shift onto the top turnbuckle yeah. That was new. I like that. Uh, and, and he got full elevation on his paradigm shift. Janela just like, sure, here we go. Just lifted his legs completely straight. He, he took I'll, it perfect. I'll I'll take all of that, says Joey Janela. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to take 70% he's, of it. I'll take all of it. He's channeling Marvin Harry for the Christmas season. He's like, you know what? Forget it. <laughs> Drop an iron on my face. Throw some bricks off the top of a building and crack me in the skull. I don't care. By the way, shout out to that new Netflix series, The Movies That Made Us. Have you guys seen that yet? No, I have not. Die Hard and Home Alone on there. Ooh, it's good. It's good. Go watch it, guys. Uh, I, you know, I'm Joey Janela is an A-plus dude. He is one of my favorite people to interview. He's one of my favorite people to watch work because the thing is... Every single time I see him work, I know I'm going to see something that I have not seen before. And sometimes that's all I ask for. Uh, Apparently, Shivani and Jim Ross had never seen that release suplex that Moxley did because they're like, what? What? Where where did that get invented? That has not definitely been a move that he's done all year long. What? What? He's been doing that all year. And Pete Dunne's been doing that for years. And people have been doing that all over the place for a long time. But I love the move. It's like a release orange crush. Cool. 
That was AEW. Jericho comes out, stares, or the inner circle stares at Moxley. A good time. Hopefully you guys have had a good time. Leave a thumbs up and subscribe. We got shows all week. We got Listen Ya Boy that aired today. Jimmy and Turks and Caicos. You know, just, just where me and Alex and Warren travel to all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, wheeling and dealing. We got the SmackDown post show with Warren Hayes and myself every Friday. We have myself and Denise every Monday. Maybe you guys aren't familiar with Denise. She's uh, been involved in the entertainment world for quite a while now. She works with Sean Waltman and After Buzz TV. A lot of unique insights. I always like to have people like that that, are, that have been in the business to, to some degree on these shows. I'm going to do some sort of post-mortem for Alberto Del Rio when he gets slaughtered by Tito Ortiz this weekend. I don't know what it's going to be. But there's that, there's the huge Joshua versus Ruiz fight, and there is a UFC show this weekend. Then next weekend, guys, it's absolute insanity. I don't know how I'm going to survive next weekend. Friday night, it's SmackDown and Final Battle. Saturday, there's a UFC pay-per-view with three title fights and NWA into the fire. Then Sunday, it's TLC. Then Monday, it's Raw. I need that CBD sponsorship soon, please. <laughs> Alex, tell the people about Sour Graps before we go. Sour Graps, uh, you can find me uh, making jokes at the expense of Raw and SmackDown and also live, often live. live. Yeah, 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 often. Uh, yeah, uh, uh after after uh, the post shows on on uh, on Mondays and Fridays, I have my own little take where I, I, I make fun of them and also occasionally get far too angry about I really, really stupid stuff. I love it, and people love it, man. Warren, you got a little bit of everything going on. Tell the people about it. I have uh, my own, uh, well, on top of what I do here uh, on Wednesdays and Fridays with, uh, with Sean for SmackDown, I have my own YouTube channel where I talk talk wrestling and recap the weeks and so on and so forth. If you want to head on over there and subscribe, that'd be swell. It's at youtube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. And I do that every week, plus some surprises and uh, 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 some prediction shows and stuff like that. Otherwise, you can follow me on Twitter. Oh, my oh my Mr. God. That's Warren Hayes. That's, that's Kristen Ashley's boyfriend. We're out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.